I have great pleasure now in introducing our president, Michael D. Higgins, a great friend of the Abbey Theatre and, of course, of NUI Galway. is a guinea cora thought. Ermahan Hain, Agassan Mavan Kale Sarvini, Tafir Kinoha Saram, Vehinsha Yiv, Gambui Kisla, Alskan Nihirin, Ganagayeva, Agasla, Hortlan, a manastrak, Asan Gurik, Queen of Hokshuduin, Conantograsha, a third shoe, a launchoy. Oh, has a down Arab ve mask, Kuludana, Hilskilly, Lakakadola, his commolition, Lakna Hestorit, Lusnadromiakta. I have to say, distinguished guests and ladies and gentlemen, that I'm delighted to have the opportunity of visiting the, the Abbey and launching this exciting project and meeting uh, two communities for which I have uh, an enduring affection. Uh, the, the, the world of the theatre from which I recruited my wife <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Sabina Coyne, and also uh, the National University of Ireland, Galway, Kalushan Hillskill, Yagarli, Marahok, Terer, Sanam, Vimaan, Oitahonik, Me Mardalton, Mephihidi, Gasadan, Meani, Jenny, Sadir, Sinishin, Ertogas, Nisbuknok, Fihivlion, Isintaknak Yaka, Viaka, make an arm shin, Agasis Mahanra, this Intakan Rade, Gulam. The Lucia on Oscar Egan Mamsha, either Skilina the Dromayakta, Augustine Hertner. I'm particularly delighted to be here, as I have said, uh, to be here to meet representatives of two communities for which I have the greatest uh, affection. I'd like to thank Fiat Mokanil uh, in particular for his welcoming words, uh, and indeed my former colleague, President Jim Brown. The Abbey Theatre. And it is interesting that only a few weeks ago I was speaking at the reopening of Taiviark Nagalva and Arklan Nagalga in Enalia. And again there was it was wonderful to see. There is something wonderful about a theatre coming into existence. There is even more wonderful about a theatre continuing to exist and uh, to, to expand. The Abbey Theatre is at the centre of Irish history. It's a, an image and a project that precedes the independence of the state. And the Abbey, as it was called, and writing for the Abbey for over a hundred years, it has been one of the island's landmark cultural spaces. And it's a theatre that has given us the genius of the greatest of Irish actors and playwrights for the last century. I should tell you that briefly, when I was Minister for Arts and Culture between 1993 and 97, I think I was uh, 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 briefly the shareholder. Uh, uh, I remember very distinctly saying to a very senior civil servant, I'm thinking of going to the annual general meeting of the National Theatre Society. <laughs> and he scurried from the office, <laughs> and he said, you can't be serious. <laughs> and I had, of course, uh, he was perhaps less aware than I was uh, of the wonderfully creative discussions that went on 
as to the role of the company. And as I say those two words, you'll know who said them. And all of the others, and the long inheritance, indeed the, the sticky buns and the lot. But it is here, it is on the Abbey stage, uh, that audiences have seen actors uh, bring seminal writing to life, and uh, which have seen the Abbey Theatre become witness uh, to the narrative of a nation. And even more important, uh, the contest for a hegemonic narrative of the nation. And I think it has lived up to its, the manifest of its founder, W.B. Yeats and Lady Gregory, as they put it, to bring upon the stage uh, the deeper emotions of Ireland. And bringing on the stage the deeper emotions of Ireland inevitably involved an enormous contest as what was to be the stuff of such uh, emotion. And all through the long line uh, that the archive will celebrate of those who have come and worked here, there has been this debate, a debate itself, about not only what is the National Theatre, but what is the nation, and very importantly as well, what is theatre. But through the work of Yeats, O'Casey, Beckett, John B. King, Hugh Leonard, Brian Friel, Marina Tarr, and my dear friend Tom Murphy, and many more gifted playwrights, we have encountered the changing social and political landscape of an Ireland moving from oppression to independence, and from reticence to a central position on the European stage, and some would say from poverty to an affluence that wasn't without its destructive hubris, and back all the way again. <laughs> I think that uh, thinking about it as well, and about those who wrote for the, for the, for the Abbey stage, uh, the world of theatre is something that tells you a great deal. I think next week I'm speaking in Belfast uh, to the British Council, and in doing so, preparing my speech for that, I looked at the early receptions given uh, to Tom Murphy's plays in London in the 1960s. Uh, first play, when that time I was a young student in UCG, as we called it then, and if you were serious about English literature and language, and if you were pretentious, you had to say that you read Harold Hobson and Kenneth Tynan at the weekend. <laughs> the, the one of them said about Murphy's play, if there's an Irishman left in London at the end of the weekend, the Home Secretary will not have done his duty. <laughs> and Kenneth Tynan, who was a sophisticated man, said, I've never been afraid of meeting Irish people, but I wouldn't like to meet Mr. Murphy after dark. <laughs> people uh, talk now about the sophisticated relationships that exist between our two islands. And I think... The fact that last only uh, just a very short while ago, I saw a trilogy production of Tom Murphy's plays, to rapturous applause, I think it showed a welcome recognition, and indeed a parity of esteem of the pain and the relationships that exist between us. But through the works performed, I think, on the Abbey stage, we followed the changing preoccupations of a nation during an era of radical change and it has been reflected back on us in all its light and shade, the society which formed us and continues to shape, of us, to shape us today, and which is fragile, but which is always open to us in its emancipatory suggestions. 
And apart from the productions on the stage to which people would normally refer, there's an immense history in the rejection slips and correspondence of the Abbey. <laughs> Many people would regard it as a mark of even greater respect <laughs> to have been first rejected on several times. And after all, the academic scholarship required those rejection slips, even more than those the playwrights who wished to have their work put on. I think there was, again, there are interesting nuances in the archive that will emerge between those who decided on artistic policy and those who were the artistic directors and who were not necessarily the same people. So the last 100 years has been an interesting and an exciting time uh, for Irish playwrights and actors and for Irish audiences, a time of exploration of controversy, of a defiant challenging of our traditional thoughts and assumptions and beliefs. And also, I think what I liked in the archive when I saw first the first suggestions that were made to me about coming along was the celebration of those who make plays happen, uh, the work of lighting, the, the work of the, uh, the, all the work of stage production, and all of these great, great skills. And I thought of the set designers who had had to go abroad and work in London and work all over the world, and the great genius that they had, who still called themselves Irish wherever they were. And the fact that the Abbey Theatre, Auckland Monastrach, and National University of Ireland, Galway, have archived all of this literary and social odyssey, this journey that goes on, tells us so much about ourselves, where we've come from, how we've arrived at where we are, the compromises we made with our existence, the things about which we were silent as many, as much as the things of which we spoke, and how we can harness our complex past into our future, sustaining our cultural richness in all its various identities and diversities as we navigate our way forward. So today is a very important step, celebrating the arts, making a further contribution to our evolving, hopefully critically aware society. And a critically aware society is an enabling society. And it's very important that we celebrate this great collaborative partnership, this embracing of new technology that allows us to mine our rich cultural heritage. And as someone who, as I have said, has deep connections with both in UI Galway and some of the Abbey Theatre, this partnership makes me proud of the shared vision and wisdom of two important national organisations. Both are leaders in their fields who have come together to break new ground in the areas of digital technology and scholarship. Recently, after reading a paper at the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil, I spoke to the Dean of Arts and Letters, and I told him that this archive was on the way. And he said he would like tomorrow morning to sign an agreement with an institution that would enable postgraduate students to work on such an archive. And I felt so pleased to be able to say that, this incredibly important partnership. And this blend of activities reminds us of the rich rewards that flow from recognizing the complementary nature that exists between the disciplines of science and the humanities. It moves us past what I have called elsewhere the Cartesian fallacy, that you and either, in fact, have to choose between the one or the other. It reminds us that seeing creativity as the exclusive preserve of, let us say, the aesthetic area or the artist, or, or innovation on the other hand, which is a much abused word, as the exclusive preserve of the scientist is a terrible fallacy. As a people, 
I think we take pride in our international reputation for creativity. And I'm very glad to be able to attend within the same seven days this particular celebratory event and also to have been able to attend the Rowan Hamilton wonderful memorial lecture, which is so important to us. This mind that was a very Irish thing that is able to But while we take pride in that creative talent and illustrious heritage that comes with it, we sometimes fail to realise the original thinking that is there and that is all around us, that has had a significant impact, as I've said, not just in relation to the artistic area. It would be easy to say that because, after all, that part of our reputation internationally, which has never been damaged but which has been enhanced, has come, in fact, from the arts and from those people, writers and practitioners. And I think, as well, abroad, when one looks at it and thinks about it, in many cases, to think of a country that would, uh, having had an imposed vernacular in a different language in the middle of the 19th century, go on and produce uh, four Nobel Prizes in English literature, when in fact the colonized had colonized the language that had been the alternative vernacular, is in itself an achievement. But also, I had seen on the stage of the Abbey, I saw in theatres all over Ireland, what happens uh, when uh, we have uh, when we have productions on stage. What happens on stage? And I think, therefore, in many cases, if there is an area or a space of our lives that has rejected all of the degradation of neo-utilitarianism, it is in that area. But equally, it is the case in relation to science. And the coming together of the creativity of science and the creativity of the arts is a truly, truly celebratory occasion. The fact that it is taking place between two institutions with such heritage is very, very important. And this project provides a valuable opportunity to illustrate then two features of contemporary Ireland, the richness of our cultural traditions and our capacity for surpassing and breaking molds from the novel, as I've said, which James Joyce broke open with Ulysses to pure mathematics in the case of Hamilton and others. And it reminds us as a nation that we must have the confidence to remember our proven aptitude for endless new departures and beginnings. There is no simple modernization in Ireland. Irish people have been modernizers again and again and again. As Declan Clivert puts it, our story is one of jagged endings. And we've had to be like that. Our ability to push the boundaries outwards, to celebrate a restless creative energy and curiosity that translates to a constant exploration of how things are and how they can be achieved and imagined in a more human, more effective way. And what happens on the stage is always like that. It reminds us that we must aspire to turn the best of ideas into living realities, not for some, but for all our people. The great burden that is there in taking the title National Theatre, national itself challenging, as is the word theatre itself, aimed at realising our limitless possibilities, our ones that could never be reduced, as I have said, to any narrow neo-functionalism. That is what neither the theatre nor the university's institutions are about. And there can be no doubt that recognising and being open to new paradigms of thought and being able to bring new paradigms of thought into existence as paradigms that have failed are dying. The action that is required to release our social, cultural and economic possibilities 
and that leads to a common shared future that celebrates as well as memory imagination, built on the spirit of cooperation, of high ethical standards and integrity, the collective will, participation that is real, an exciting sense of what might be possible. All that comes together so splendidly in a project that is shared by a university like National University of Ireland Galway and Auckland and Monash through the Abbey Theatre. And we should never forget that it is in that said, as I've said, that in the cultural area, in the arts and sciences, it is interesting that uh, that is what I have said. Our lives have been made emancipatory. I do not use the word idly. Because there are times, perhaps, in our institutions and in our borrowed versions of institutional thinking that we have chosen to imitate rather than to be original. Never is the case in a project like this. Even in failure, in breadth and scale, the Abbey Theatre Digital Archive, two million units will be unique internationally, placing National University in Galway at the forefront of technological innovation in the arts and humanities. New technologies to be developed over the course of the project will make the NUI the home of one of the world's most ambitious digitalization projects. And I wish, through the precedent here, every success to all those who will work in it. And as a full multimedia archive, their digital archive will provide researchers with access to the full range of materials associated with the theatre performance. Not just the scripts, as I have said, but the visual materials, sound materials, and the supporting materials, and tell the story of what happened behind the scenes, giving a unique insight into the story of Irish theatre and of Irish society. Already in my recent visit to South America, as I've said, there was a huge interest in this project. Sarah Creek, Norma, August Marfuckle Square. I would like to acknowledge, as has been already said, the birth of the current Abbey Archive was the result of a conversation between one of my predecessors as President Mary Robinson and a man of the theatre whose philosophy and practice I've long admired, Patrick Mason. And I have to say, in many cases, that in that period between 93 and 97, when I had responsibility for arts and culture and so forth, I often felt if I'd had my time all over again, I would have done, taken even greater care of what Patrick Mason was saying. I quoted him recently in a speech I gave in Belfast, saying about what is the purpose of theatre. It doesn't have any, uh, any under-labour or project. It has, as he puts it, all of its liberating power. So my focal square reach, gan buikas is milan buikas a gwaal a gachtana a tapartyuk sa fartnir cha. Agus a reach dinim ko gartakas lyob eitsan a quirin togrishar fall. Ko gartakas kama asan meid so to in, I would just like to say that the Abbey Theatre, with its two million to items, so much was if it is in a fragile condition, following that awful fire of the 18th of July 1951, which destroyed the original Abbey Theatre building. So digitising the materials will ensure that all of these items can be preserved into the future, 
safeguarding the important story of one of the world's great national theatres, and let us call it that, a place where we, all of us who involved, were involved with theatre and engaged audiences, have, where a space has been created for the expression of challenging ideas, and may the theatre always do that, space for debate and argument, space for envisaging that which we have not achieved to be in our humanity, space for asking questions that require courage, space for the celebration of what is beautiful and truthful. This digital archive will protect such an important legacy and will provide a history of the Abbey's ongoing conversation or indeed its continuing arguments, internal and external, about what Ireland is and can become. It is a privilege as President of Ireland to be here with you. I wish you every success with this valuable project, and I am really delighted to declare the partnership between the Abbey Theatre, Auckland and Monastrock, and Colossian Hills Galway, and Ninuai Galway officially launched. Gurumila Mahogi Galway.